This is K-12 Tech Talk, episode 49. We take on a bunch of listener emails. We do a dramatic reading. We discuss E-rate, DNS failover, and Corey, he didn't show up and he needs some love. Have a listen. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. With Chris, Josh, and Corey. The podcast by K-12 Techs. For K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Check, check. Is this thing on? Live from somethingcool.com studios, this is K-12 Tech Talk with Josh uh i guess we can't say Corey and chris where's the guy i, I don't know where the where the big guy is sea dog where's sea dog i don't i don't know he he just told us he wasn't coming tonight so he's ghosting us i i at least had an excuse last week i was at a st louis blues hockey game which was we lost and i'm still carrying the curse every game i go to we lose including the stanley cup playoffs um I, we don't know where Corey is tonight. He he could just be ghosting us. He could be... I think he's mad at you. You know, he could be. You know, it, it just depends on the day whether or not he's mad at me. I think he might have a, a tummy bug. Maybe maybe his tummy's bothering him. <laughs> um, Corey, we hope you feel better. Um, Love you, buddy. Yeah. I'm not real sure what's going on here. So this is episode 49 it's been two weeks since we've been here. Um, if you missed us, tweet us, K12 Tech Talk Pod on Twitter and K12 Tech Talk at gmail.com. We do read your emails. Chris um, mentioned before the show in our pre show green room meeting. Thanks, Jeremy, for the basket of leftover Halloween candy. Delicious. Um, yeah, that was nice. That was a nice green room addition tonight. Um, too bad it was leftovers. But Chris did mention that we have a couple... Hey, favorite favorite Halloween candy. Uh, it doesn't have to be Halloween. Hands down, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I go for the fruity stuff. Like, I'm an Airheads guy. I knew, I knew you were an Airheads guy. Lemonheads with friends. No, absolutely not. Tootsie no. Rolls, but not chocolate. Really? Yeah, like The cherry. red ones? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's my jam. I took you for a Sour Patch Kid person. I'm a Sour Skittles guy. I could see that. You when I was that. a kid, uh, so my parents, they own their own business, and they have this little candy section. You can buy different candies. And uh, after school every day, I would eat candy. Uh, we had, like, the cherry Tootsie Rolls, and I would unwrap them and put them into a coffee cup and then microwave them for, like, 30 15, 20, 30 seconds, and then take a spoon and eat it. <laughs> Delicious. That explains a lot. I love candy. I'm I'm drinking uh, Stillwater Rye bourbon. If anyone wants to sponsor my bourbon drinking, you can. Does that taste like candy? Um, it tastes like heavenly goodness. I put some Luxardo cherry. Have you ever had Luxardo cherries? If you haven't, you need to find. They're horribly expensive. I made the mistake of picking up a jar today without looking at the price. A small, like, six-ounce jar. Of cherries? Of cherries. Luxardo cherries. Now, these are, like, name brand made out of gold cherries. Take a guess at how much. Five. 
I think that would have bought you one cherry. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I was kind of kicking myself once the register ringed up my total. Um, $21 for this damn jar of cherries. What? Yeah, but they're so good. They're so good. Okay, back to the show. Uh, you want to read our listener emails? If you want to be a listener emailer or you want to contribute to listener email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. Yeah, for sure. So right. we had uh, uh, an email from listener Kyle, and he asked a couple of different questions. Uh, he said his district, and I think it was actually the state that he lives in. Uh, I forget what his sentence was, but it was bigger than just like a district policy. Uh, they are required to ensure third-party uh, applications are up to date. So in particular, Windows applications. He said he uses Patch My PC. He was asking if we worry about that. Do we have to? And what what do we use? Um. So, man, for third parties, I can't say that we really do. And I can't really say that we have that many applications besides Smart Notebook, which we're running like Smart Notebook 11, which is right. horribly old, um, and Office. Do you pump out like VLC player or like... Yeah, VLC is like in that? our standard image. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and then our AV, we have... we. My AV is not a sponsor of the show, so I'm, so I'm not going to mention them. Um, and then SCCM, we we push Windows updates with SCCM, which yeah. I got bit by the stupid print thing last week. Oh, man, it went um, away. Yeah, that was weird. It, no matter what the application, you hit the print button, and it locked up that application. You didn't get an error message. You just flat locked up the application. So that was a disaster. Um. But as far as managing those updates, I can't say that I use a tool to do that. Don't that's more or less what you use Kaseya for, right? We use Kaseya. It has a software management piece. Uh kind of cool. Like Corey and I went to that Kaseya conference. They announced an updated software management. Uh and it's it does a better job and it has third party libraries in it. And then you can like customize if it's not already in their catalog, but whatever, VLC player or whatever, as like if 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 that company has a website where the executable or the download yeah. always is in the same location, you can make your own. You can point it there. Yeah. And then uh, what's it? Is it Nyanite? Yeah, Nyanite. Yeah, I've used that uh, before. We With Kaseya, but that's what we used for a long time. And that, that has a free version and a paid version, doesn't it? I think, I think so. Yeah. And no, that thing's I, always been rock solid. And that thing, that's been around for a long time. Better part of ten years. Yeah, you're pretty cheap. Yeah, that no nine i n i n i t e right. I think so. Yeah, no, that's I've used that tool before. I haven't recently, but I have in the past. Um, you have any other listener emails? Yeah, so Kyle as well. He said, "What do you guys do for hardware inventory?" Uh, and then kind of how detailed do you get with it? So we use Asset Tiger. Um, because we buy our asset tags from, is it Asset Genie, I think is their website. Um, so you get it kind of a disc, you, you get a credit for their inventory system. That's what we're using for our one-to-one as well. Um, so we, uh, depending on board policy, I've seen it a bunch of different ways. Um, some school districts, if, if the asset doesn't, isn't above the minimum dollar amount, for fixed assets, they don't inventory it. Um, so, you know, you're not inventorying keyboards. You're not inventorying mice. You're right. more or less inventorying the PC and the monitor projector. 
Um, put stickers on that stuff. We do. We have we have property of school district stickers that has a barcode. Um, all of our Chromebooks, all of our assets that we tag when they come in have that. Do you guys do that? So we tag Chromebooks really well. Uh, we use Follow at Destiny. Do you to do that? Other stuff we don't tag. Uh, well, going back to Kaseya, when we install the Kaseya agent, it pulls the serial and the model. Oh. It pulls it. It tells you how many sticks of RAM you have and what slots are in use and not in use. The whole wow. Uh, so we quit tagging physically because of that. Uh, I've always wondered if something bad happened if I would get a hand slap for that. Now, if it's like bought with a. Uh, I don't know if this is grants. a universal thing, but yeah, yeah, title money or grants and stuff, then we then we look at tagging it better. Yeah, that's one thing that we try to make note of in Asset Tiger. If it's um, if it was purchased with a grant, we we say the grant name, and if there's a restriction on how long we have to use it, we try and put that in there as well. Um, because some of that stuff, like well, E rate's a good example. Yeah, you know, it has to be I think in the building for three years and has to be in use for five years in the district. So. You know, keeping track of that, shoot, man, that can be almost a, a full-time role for somebody to to keep track of some of that stuff. For sure. Um, Pretty much. I remember, yeah. so we have, like, if if we're going to retire uh, any equipment and it's going to have value, right? we're supposed to pull all the cereals and it goes before the board, it becomes yep. salvage and all that stuff. Surplus. I hate, yeah, surplus. I hate, like... I just I just try to deem it of no value. Yeah, the well, historically the stuff that we we've gotten rid of, well, this year and last year both all the projectors that we've gotten rid of are devices that don't work. Like yeah. we the reason why they're in our office as surplus is because they're dead. Yes. They have no value. Um and Chromebooks are kind of the same way after, you know, Google sunsets them from their auto updates. So they kind of, to me they they have no value after that date anyway, but then we found out that the Chromebooks that we had a whole bunch of I think it was the G fours HP G fours I think um, the screen that was in those was kind of a universal screen that worked on the G five the G six the G eight the Dell uh, whatever Dell version I just bought the Lenovo one hundred E piece of junk. Um, so we're, we've been able to good. (laughs) Lenovo is horrible. Um, so we, we've been able to kind of Frankenstein harvest all of the couple hundred screens, three, 400 screens out of these machines. We're, we're not, I haven't bought a single screen this year. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about that part. You know, that whole reuse part. Speaking of that, to kind of chase a rabbit. So Chromebook parts, how have you been doing, uh, like, do you keep a bunch of parts in stock or do you order from places? So I just, uh, we just ended up buying some new Chromebooks because we could get new Chromebooks quicker than we could. Wow. Like I, I, I needed some system boards and I can't, I can't get them. Yeah. They're not 100 E's. I can, I have a bunch yeah, of 100 E's. they are. I've, I have some boards I could get you. Um, so right now, one of our lumps of Chromebooks has a three-year... ADP warranty, an accidental coverage warranty that we bought as an add-on from a company that I won't mention because I'm not super pleased with them. Um, 
they're taking about a month, month and a half average turnaround time to repair devices. And I'm well, beyond, they have about 35 of my devices right now. I'm beyond frustrated with them. Um, I even emailed them the other day. I'm like, look, I've got a student ran help desk. These kids are repairing other Chromebooks. Just send me the damn parts and I will let them do that. For sure. No, we're not. We can't do that. So, and they're well, Lenovo, you could be a self-maintainer and you could do that. Yeah, no, I'm never buying another Lenovo product. Um, they're blaming part shortages. Uh, okay, but I can go out and buy from ChromebookParts.com the same yeah. part and have it here in, you know, yeah. by the end of the next week. So I don't know how much of that's a reality uh, or how much of that is truthful. Um, but no, it, it, parts have been a, a frustration for us this year. All right, we're going to call this uh, uh, Dramatic Readings, sponsored by Provision Data Solutions. Uh, give Ryan Rothkoff uh, a call or an email. If you want to text him, we can just DM us and we'll send you a cell. He appreciates the text as well. He would appreciate that. Uh, but those are good guys. But anyways, Warren, another listener email, he said we should do Dramatic and I don't know how dramatic we're going to be, but dramatic readings of one-star reviews that students leave on apps and extensions, which is a pretty cool idea to do. Uh, I found, I looked up Google Classroom. Josh, on a scale of one to five, or zero to five, what would you give Google Classroom? And it's I'd give Google Classroom a solid like 4.3. 4.3. You know what the kids say? Oh, I'm sure nothing. Uh, in the app store, they're at like a 1.5. <laughs> And I found, so like, I guess there, there was a trend on TikTok, uh, students, it was like, uh, it was way up there, like millions students, it, it became this thing, they started going out of their way and they make a TikTok video, uh, slamming Google Classroom and giving them a bad rating. <laughs> so pretty awesome. So I'm going to read some of these. Uh, this one star review from a student said, 846 new notifications. This app sucks. <laughs> That's my email inbox. Right. I had a teacher uh, this week, or uh, it was a, a counselor. Uh, he emailed a ticket because his printer wasn't working, and he sent a screenshot, uh, and his Gmail was open. And I replied back. I said, the actual question here is, why do you have 13,000 unread emails? <laughs> and then I signed it to somebody else but i mean wow hey josh how many how many do you have what i'm looking i'm looking that? right now uh let me make sure i'm in my right email account uh six thousand three hundred and one unread you're one of those guys yeah i like start twitching if i have like 10 now i just move on all right here's another one this student it was like a 1.5 said necessary but hated well, I mean, at least they admit it's necessary, <laughs> right? Here's a one star. Frustrating. Take it down. It makes everything so hard. Take it down before I sue you guys. <laughs> ah, yes. The middle school threat of lawsuits. Yes. <laughs> uh, this one said, eh, not so good. App is okay for school. And then he went caps. He said, there are so many notifications every two seconds. That's funny. That that... <laughs> Notification. And you can turn that off, I know, but I guess that's just filling up their their inbox. Interesting. Uh, the last ones I pulled 
said just this kid said do not recommend <laughs> and then the last two said trash this app is trash uh i would even give it a half star funny so that's so, it google google classroom 1.5 stars so i think one of the reasons why Corey may not be here tonight last was it last thursday night or last friday that he had his big install of all of his access points yeah he worked like 17 hour day a he legit claimed. day yeah like he actually worked um i don't really feel sorry for him because he got his access points so he's you know i don't i don't know of anybody that would really feel sorry for him because i think he's the one person in north america that that got his access points already right. um so cry me a river um so we're we're building this brand new performing arts center. It's a beautiful building. It's going to be a top theater in in the St. Louis market, like legit, seven hundred and fifty seat theater that's uh, going to rival some of like the universities in St. Louis. But I don't have access fancy. points. Yeah, really fancy. I don't have access points, so I kind of had to do a little makeshift Rob Peter to pay Paul action this week. I had to steal two five fifteens out of a different classroom and give them to the electrician and said, Hey man, when you get on that lift that's in the lobby to terminate those access points line, go ahead and go ahead and plug these two access points in and just leave them there. And I'll take care of them when we, when we bring things up, because I don't know the next time I'm going to have a, a lift in the lobby of that performing arts center to be able to get yep. up in that ceiling. And we're talking like a 25 foot, 30 foot ceiling. It's, it's crazy. So, you know, Aruba, if you're listening, and they really, do listen, because they do listen. Proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. They are a very proud sponsor, and I'm I'm excited that I in sometime I will have my 515s coming, and they will have to come. Chris Illingsworth will have to come and witness the grandeur that is this performing arts center and how beautiful the Wi-Fi is in the building. But you know, have like cool lights and stuff too. Yeah, it's mm. it. The the architects and engineers are so, are telling me, man, you you guys don't know what you're getting. This is state of the art, like rival the two hill in St. Louis kind of thing. The same guys that design the the light and sound in this in this space are the same guys that designed the new light and sound for the Muni Theater in St. Louis. Well, that's so, awesome. Yeah, I mean it's it's legit. Like we didn't buy we didn't have some country bumpkins doing this. This is legit light and sound companies out of st louis so we're super excited so aruba if you're listening come on down when we get our access points and i'll take you on a tour we love you yeah but we would love you aruba sure enjoy some access points uh, that day, he was like what year is it yeah. 1937 we're all wearing down yeah they they were installing like new racks and new switches and access points so i mean they they put pds through their paces yeah, like eight, eight, eight thirty something p.m. Still here, inching closer. Yeah. Oh, he he sent us a text after midnight. Yeah, I think that was for dramatic effect. Just just left. Cause can't you schedule a text on an iPhone? Here's the deal. I pay a company to do that work. Right. I leave. Do you really? You think I'm staying at midnight? No. You might I mean, make you probably make your guys stay, but you wouldn't stay. No, I think I'd say let's all go home. 
All of us, even the company. Yeah. Well, and and Corey's situation was unique too because he had school leading up to it, and and some of the work they were doing was work that they couldn't do during the school day. Right, because he did a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and well, and he's is replacing that why he's switches. not here today? I mean, it's I, Wednesday. We still don't know. I, I I don't know that he's taken this long to recover, but maybe he's that delicate. He is. He has taken this long to recover. I mean, he's he's pretty delicate. Who knew? Um, so <laughs> he's going to be so mad. Delicate. E-rate e season. Uh, did you get that email about 46 or had you filed all your 46s? I am filed. I think I'm solid. I'm, I'm filed as of Monday. So Saturday I get an email from USAC saying that I needed to file my 486 for my wireless, which was the only outstanding 486 that I had. And I was under the impression I didn't need to file the 486 until I received the hardware. Um, but I spoke with the state E-rate coordinator, and he's like, no, go ahead and file your 486 to get it done inside the window, that 120-day window, plus I think there's a 10- or 15-day grace period window um, that expires in mid-November. So... Um, I went ahead and filed Monday, and the vendor won't actually file for reimbursement until the product's been delivered. So um, I guess I was I was in the wrong there. So if you are waiting to file your 486, we are officially outside of that 120-day window from July 1 if you had your FCDLs before July 1. Like Chris and I, I think you – no, did you have your FCDLs before July 1? I did. No, I came later. Yeah, I had mine well before. I think you guys were, yeah, you, I think you, you and Corey were both good. Mine took a while. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure you keep an eye on your 120 day uh, limits for your FCDLs and your 486s. Um, and then I'm going to be releasing a 470 for next year soon. It's hard Heck to yeah. believe. It's hard to believe it's that time of year again. When do you typically do that? I wait till Christmas break. I do typically right around Christmas break, but I think with the shortage of equipment, I'm going to get it sooner. I'm going to shoot for before Thanksgiving, actually. Oh, on the on your game. Your E-rate game is strong. I've got the RF. I'm releasing an RFP this year because the scope of work is so large. I'm doing quite a few switches and the labor to go with them to rip and replace. So um, I've got the RFP ready, and that'll be released with the 470. So sweet. I'm, I'm excited about that. I dig. Um, what else did hey, I say? You want to talk about our new sponsor? Yeah, you said we we do have a new sponsor. And if and if you are listening, if you're a vendor and you're listening to the show and you're wondering, do these guys really sell anything? Yeah, we do. We do. We got notification this last week um, that two rather large school districts, um, one that rhymes with the word Schmosten on the East Coast. Boston. Uh, they they listen. And there's a very, very large school district uh, on the West Coast in the state of great state of California that uh, might host the football team of the 49ers. Uh, they listen to the show as well. So um, we should speak. Let's speak to that, too. It is like what are, I feel like an old man. It's a real treat. Uh, <laughs> it is it is wild. Uh, when we hear from people that are not our neighbors, yeah, 
listen to these episodes. Because let's be honest, we started this thinking, you know, our our buddies here in Missouri are going to listen to this, and you know, they know us. Yeah. They're going to get the jokes, you know. And it's it's I, and I know that you. I mean, we've talked about it. It's it's the same. It it it's the deal where all tech problems are the same tech problems. Right. Everything is scalable. Right. Uh, but just you could never have told me. Uh, California would listen or that we'd have somebody up overseas way or whatever, or overseas. Yeah. It's awesome. So when you guys send those emails, we absolutely read the emails. We text each other about it. Uh, Well, and we get really pumped up about it. I I know this hasn't happened to you, but I, I mean, I, I was kind of a radio celebrity here in St. Louis and I was, I've been approached a couple times to have my picture taken with, with listeners of, of my radio show in St. Louis. So, I mean, it, it's a cool feeling when, and I can't wait for you to experience that feeling, oh, Chris, geez. one of these days. I'm jealous. Um, so yeah, it is, it is cool to hear from listeners. Maybe that's so. why Corey's not on here. Your, your pride. Well, whatever. Like, there's, no, there's no room for here because your pride takes over. Whatever, whatever. My rate, my professionalism, you're saying. No, but even, even going back to the original <laughs> thing you're saying, then it's weird to us. And sponsors, we want you to know this. When we talk about product and then someone says they buy the product. Yeah. That's a little, that's awesome. Yeah. And we don't blow smoke with when we're talking about products either. <laughs> uh, but it makes us look good when you actually buy what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's the, one of the big reasons why this show stays, we keep doing this show is because we have sponsors that are continuing to come on with us. I maybe Corey got mad at his last check. I don't. I don't. Maybe that's why he did. You slight Corey like a nickel or right. something the last time. Um, so yeah, this this show is 100 percent due to sponsors. So the more you email the sponsors or have a conversation and just say, "Hey, we heard about you on this podcast," that helps us keep doing this. So introduce our newest sponsor, Chris. For sure. So we're going to hang out with these guys uh, the next like six episodes. Uh, We are proud and happy to introduce you to, if you don't know them, Invisible, I-N-V-Z-B-L, Invisible.com. If you check out their website, they say they are the world leader in UVC disinfection. Uh, So we're going to check out their offerings. figure out what they're all about uh in particular today uh and this got real popular when covid hit uh, but they sell uh you know these disinfecting uh carts oh uh, yeah that you can put your chromebooks on or your 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 ipad so they have this uh invisible it's the model z13 uh it's got these removable racks in it uh you know it's got wheels on it you can you can roll it around uh the quick stat, it says after three minutes, it has a 99.99% reduction in COVID, staff, strep, C. diff. Wow. Uh, and, and other things as well. Man, you talk about a communicable condition. C. diff is horribly contagious. Horribly. And that is not something you want. That's And that's where I guess I'm at with them as a sponsor and, and, and learning more about them. That's kind of one of those things... I'm not a, I'm not a clean person. I'm not a person that thinks about wiping stuff down or the importance of clean air or the importance of disinfecting. Uh, 
that's not where my head goes a lot right. of the time. So, I mean, really, prior to COVID, I never thought about disinfecting carts I, or in air and how that stuff spreads around. Yeah. I can't say we really did either, except for, like, when we would get a Chromebook that had vomit in it. Or, you know, that right, was... Right, and you can, you can see it. Yeah. Right. Like, there, there's clearly something on that keyboard. Yeah, it's that's vomit. just getting thrown away. But this is the stuff you can't see. Uh, and whatever, they sell this stuff, and, and we'll, we'll we'll dig into different things with it. But And we're going to talk to the CEO, right? We are. Cool. Uh, I've met Chuck uh, and then Bo there as well. Uh, Bo is who you can reach out to. We can, we can uh, maybe share his email address or whatever at some point uh, if you're interested in checking out some of their products. Uh, so invisible, I N V Z B L uh, dot com. Check out their website. If you talk to them, uh, if you check out their website, if they have like a contact us thing, just mention the K twelve Tech Talk podcast. Uh, let them know and tell Bo. Tell Bo you out. heard about them on our podcast for sure. So um, DNS. Did you end up turning on MDBR with MSI SAC? No, we're gonna wait a little bit. Are you really? Yeah, so, and we impacted a little bit, but we had just moved to a new Palo Alto firewall and just subscribed. It has some extra, it, we are using their DNS service. Gotcha. Uh, I want to make sure that we feel super good about it and what it's it's doing so that when we add another layer, I just want to be able to, if if a website doesn't work, uh, I don't, I want to know, right. like, You're did not Lightspeed chasing. do it? Yeah. Did my, did my local DNS screw it up? Was it Palo Alto Firewall that did it, or the, you know what 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 you're talking about? I don't right. want to chase all kinds of rabbits. I, I want to get a good grip. Yeah, you and know, the, that's the that's the safe way to do it. Oh, we're we're hardcore MDBR um, with MSI Sec, uh, and I can't say we've had one website that has been blocked uh, incorrectly with that service yet so far. And I we've been using it, goodness, last spring sometime. I think I ended up turning it on. So. Uh, you know, that's several, several months of service and weekly reports of how many domain blocks they're doing and stuff like that. Uh, the interesting thing though, the, the thing that brings this up, listener Bill, uh, the other day noticed that he had a misconfiguration in his, one of his DNS servers was one of his internal DNS servers was not pointing to MDBR as a forwarder. So whatever clients he had on his network that were hitting that server, that DNS server, weren't getting MDBR uh, DNS records. So he made that change, which brought up a discussion among other folks in in the in the discussion group that, that we're in. Uh, you're not frequently in it, but I'm in it quite a bit. Uh, the, the relationship or I don't know how to explain this, the idea of primary and secondary dns servers on right. client machines you know okay so you know what i'm talking about yep. when 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 you use dhcp and you define a primary and secondary D, dns server how does that really work like is it legit the primary is hit every time and if the primary is down then it rolls to the secondary or is it more of a round robin or is it a whoever responds first well, after some troubleshoot not troubleshooting, but some trial and error and some research, 
as of today, and I, I kind of knew this was the case. I, had, I swear I had been told this before, that even though Windows 10, and I, I don't know that this was the case with like Windows XP, but in Windows 10, even though it says, I, th- I think primary and alternate or primary and secondary DNS server, um, it does not mean that it will hit the primary DNS server 100% of the time unless it's down. Um, listener Jay had a problem actually this morning that his, the DNS server that he had listed as his secondary DNS server was down and a good number of his clients couldn't surf the web because that server was down. And he's like, well, what the heck? This is my secondary server. It shouldn't matter. So that led to a big discussion and another, uh, technician or another guy that we know did some research and in, in his firewall, he figured out that he had a quad eight, 8.8.8 as his secondary DNS server for his clients. And he was pointing to an internal DNS server for his primary. And he was under the impression again, that they would all hit the primary a hundred percent of the time, unless it was down. Well, we convinced him to look in his firewall logs to see how much traffic or if he had any traffic going to quad eight from client machines. And he said it turned out he had almost 40% of his DNS traffic transversing his network was heading to quad eight versus his internal primary DNS server. So if you have Windows 10 and you have a primary and secondary DNS server passing through DHCP settings or however you're doing it, statically assigned, doesn't matter. Primary and secondary really do not function as a primary, and if primary is down, it rolls to secondary. Um, I, I'm not 100% and sure of how that works. It's hard to find, like, the, like, give me the documentation. Right. And it's hard to find it. Yeah. No, I did some Google search, and there are some people that say, it's it hits both of them, and then whoever responds first is whoever it listens to. Um, there's some there's some people out there that say it's a round robin effect. There, I I honestly don't know how it works. So if you know, shoot us an email k12techtalk at gmail.com. If you've got a link to a, a white paper, a Microsoft article that that explains the primary secondary relationship in DNS, we we'd love to know, but. I, I can almost say with 100% certainty, it is not a primary 100% of the time and, and failover to secondary. It's some sort of alternate, either alternating or round robin or some sort of thing. Do you, how are yours? You have multiple internal DNS servers, right? Yeah, well, back in the day, and, and it may be even less than a year ago, because we, we've kind of talked about this before. Uh, so we had uh, two in-house DNS. Yeah. And then we used to, we don't do it anymore, but we used to list Google DNS sure. as like number three and number four. Thinking because, that they would be the failover. Yeah. The, yeah. And right. the thought was like, that's an easy extra. Like, okay, so our servers could go down. You know, we're one-to-one all over the place. So, uh, hey, at least they could still hit up Google's DNS. Right. But that's not... If it's just a random crapshoot on which of the four it's picking. Yeah. Uh, and I forget, we, we well, we had had some issues with DNS. Uh, 
and we ended up well because we were doing more of this black hole stuff and right and, and introducing palo alto and, and 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 different things okay now we've just gone to the two have you and and i don't care they're doing the same thing so i don't care which it's hitting first right but in my mind i always thought it's hitting number one right and if that's an issue then it tries number two and if you were for fun putting in three and four like it's just right. going down the line no, and, and I think with the way they name it, primary and secondary or primary and alternate, I forget what they call it now, the, logically you would think that. <clears throat> but that's that's absolutely, at least right. in our testing, that is absolutely not the case. From listener Jay's problem that he had this morning where his secondary server was inaccessible and no one could get on the Internet. Um, and then the other friend of ours that, that did that log history search and found that like 40% of his traffic was hitting the secondary server, even though the primary server was operable. Um, I'd be curious if anybody knows exactly how that works. I'd love to see a document from Microsoft or from, from some expert that says, this is how it works. I was going to say, I even quick Google search while we were talking and there's not like a standout article no like, on the first page anyway no and you you have a bunch of different theories on how it works but i don't yeah it's weird so i we've got an i've got an interesting story um do you have 2fa turned on for email i know we keep beating this drum we if 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 you if you are a user of our sis okay then we deem your email more sensitive okay so it's probably, I don't know, 50 or so users that it's forced on. Only 50? That sounds right. Wow. Less than 100. Okay. So uh, and, then, and then it's optional for everyone else. So if you've listened to any number of the episodes, you know that I've recently turned it on. I've turned on the nag warning that as as of late December, if you don't have it turned on, you can't get in your mail. This is for all of our faculty and staff. Um I'm down to like the final 25 people holding out that they're not going to turn it on to the end, which is fine, whatever. But today I get a phone call from a, from a faculty member and she says, Hey, this two, this two factor thing, it's a, it sends me a text message when I'm trying to log into my account on a new machine. Right. I said, yeah, that's how, that's how it's supposed to work. She goes, I just got a text on my phone telling me here's my code and I'm not trying to log in to my email on a new machine. She goes, is somebody trying to log into my account? I said, you can assume that. Yeah. Right. So there you go. That we're, we're two weeks in three weeks into it. And we've already prevented potentially prevented. I'm not going to say prevented because I don't know for sure, but potentially prevented unauthorized access to an email account. Hey, I had a, so today for us uh, was password reset day. Oh, Lord, that sounds horrible. It is a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, we do Technology Security Awareness Month in November. Right. We skip October. This is password security week. And then this is our second year or maybe third of doing a password reset day uh, where we make everybody change windows, Google. And oh Sims. my God. And we just knock it out. I mean, we just bite the bullet. We just do it. And it's a, it's a interesting morning. That's horrible. It's, it wasn't too bad. What's your, probably, okay. Yeah. 
What's your password length requirement? Uh, it's all over the place. Really? Yeah, we don't. Well, between those three things. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I actually can't recall real well what our Windows one is either. To 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 tell you, I think I our say it's eight. Ooh, our Windows one's twelve. We are as low as what. Remember when our surrounding area met? Yeah, and we yeah. argued about everything. We are the minimum. Ooh. Huh. No, don't say ooh. We are the minimum of what everyone in the room said was okay. <laughs> we're we're at twelve, um, and and I feel much better with with two FA turned on for email. Yeah. So um, l- listen, this lady, uh, she changes her Google password because she was prompted to, and she says, she she comes by the tech office and she says that she can't she can't get in. She doesn't have her backup. She, she it was a weird sentence but her backup codes okay and i'm unpacking it with her and i quickly draw a conclusion she's referring to the codes that they give you like that you can print out yeah i, I kind of think she wasn't really doing like two factor with like the app or the text that she was printing out codes every yeah. time I'm oh my pretty, gosh i i just like gave her i didn't like break it down which I, I mean, I I just I referred to app and text. I sent her the link. I said I you know we 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 worked through it without it, it, me but, going through it like I am with you. But I'm pretty sure she 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 just she lost that piece of paper. Okay, that's one thing to lose the piece of paper because then she's up a creek. You have to turn off two FA unless she has another device. But I don't know that that's a bad thing for for someone that doesn't have a phone or doesn't want to, you know, right. they're the, that foot stomping argument that you're not going to get into or you're not going to win. You know, I'm not going to use my personal phone. Yeah. The answer is, okay, here's a piece of paper. Here's your tin code. This is how you print out your tin codes and this, and you're going to use your tin codes. I, I, yeah, that's not ideal, but I had never heard of anyone. Like, like I said, and maybe I, maybe she, it, you know, she didn't communicate it well, but that's what she was. She was definitely referring to the piece of paper. Interesting. And Which, I didn't spend a ton of time unpacking why we were even using the piece of paper. You know, we just <laughs> moved on. But it was like uh, the other guy in the in the office with me, like after she left, like he was looking at me and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean, she's good. And like you said, she was more secure than some others that we have that don't have two-factor on. Right. I'd, I'd rather them use those 10 codes on paper than not have it turned on. I mean, makes more... I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses. Different, different, different kind of story, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully next week, Corey can join us. Um He's over whatever tummy bug he has tonight. <laughs> Was there a hockey game on? Uh, 9.30. So we're we're still two hours away from that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's not with us the tonight. The episode title should be Concerned for Corey. Concerned for Corey. Okay. Like you said, he's fragile. He, maybe we haven't been showing him love. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to have lunch and we need to show our gratitude towards him. It, okay, so here we go. A call to listeners to show Corey love and show that he is appreciated. We know there are Corey lovers 
that listen to this show, we we have a large number of Corey lovers. Email us, tweet us some love for Corey. That'll brighten his day, and hopefully he will be back. Yeah, the next episode. I think that we don't want him to leave because we've branded like a lot of stuff with his name on it. (laughs) Yeah, once we get rid of those stickers, then relationship aside, yeah, we have to maintain the brand. We have hoodies, we have stickers. Yeah, we need to we need to sell that stuff before he can leave. I think that's a good sharpie. Yeah, it wouldn't look good. All right, any closing thoughts? I don't think so. All right. Well, that is episode 49. Tweet us at K12 Tech Talk Pod. Shoot us an email. Show us some love. Show Corey some love. Uh, K12 Tech Talk at gmail.com. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your con- you contacting our sponsors. Uh, Invisible, PDS, Provision Data Solutions, uh, Aruba Networks, and somethingcool.com. Jeremy always gives us the best stuff in the green room. Today it was leftover Halloween candy. Uh, thanks for listening. Some of those were, the wrappers were open. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, almost like they had been licked. But I don't know. I, I passed on those. It was the Mike and Ikes. That that Mike and Ike carton. Jeremy, nobody likes the Mike and Ikes. Yeah, yeah. He, somebody, <laughs> Jeremy or somebody, opened up the Mike and Ike carton and, like, took a bite or licked a couple of them and put them back. It was, that's kind of weird. All right. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. You didn't say bye-bye. Bye-bye.